we live in a success-orientated generation, right? And I believe that people should be successful, whatever that means. I believe that people should be mobile. So people should have social mobility. I believe in all of those things, but nobody ever prepares us for the mistakes that we would make along the way. No one. So I was actually, so I actually used this as a reflective day because when I saw that post, I began to reflect. I began to reflect that by the age of 26, 27, I actually had about 25 employees and all of them were receiving a monthly salary. All of them. 26, 27, um, 20, 26, 27 years old, all of them were receiving a monthly salary of over 1K, by the way. So I'm looking at that now, and I remember that I was able to help many people give. Like, so one of the things I was thinking about was at that age of 26, 27, you won't really be able to, you won't know what realm you're in. It's powerful, but it's powerful, but I'm coming somewhere because it's not necessarily about the success. It's about the fact that success is easier to, it's easier to become successful. It's harder to remain successful. Whatever that means. So, so now you can, it's, it's, you can become successful, but the, the, the task is not to become successful. The task is to remain. That's the truth of the matter. So imagine being 26 or 27 years old. You started a, you started a recruitment company and that recruitment company is now starting to blossom. And all of a sudden you're in a place where because you haven't really done business before. And I, I never even intended, I didn't even know what I was going to do financially in life. I never intended to do, become a businessman. Um, but my passion for mentorship, meaning my passion for being led, led me into the fact that I was going to now do recruitment, I was going to do whatever I was going to do, and I was able to display some of the belief systems that I had learned over the years inside of that field. But you're now at 26, 27, and at that time, you're, you're employing over 20 people um, across London now, and you're paying them all a monthly salary, um, trying to negotiate um, different contracts and, and trying to keep the people that you're working for happy as well. Um, and then also not being able to foresee, meaning not having insight into the things that may happen. Now that could, now we can spiritualize that. You can then, you know, and, and that was the first thing I said about mistakes, that one of the things that I realized about mistakes is that most times you're not prepared for those. You're prepared for, you're prepared, you're taught to chase success. You're taught to chase success, but you're not prepared to weather mistakes and seasons in your life that you will not be able to, um, that you will not be able to avoid. So, and most times, do you know what happens, right? When you make a mistake, meaning, and I'm not talking about mistake, you know, most times people are talking about the mistake of sin. I, I don't even think that's a mistake, to be honest, like that's a choice. But most times when you make a mistake, what you would spend most of your time doing is trying to figure out how you could have avoided it. The issue with that is the mistake has happened. It's gone. Many people look back into the past to try and see how they can re reinvent a occasion that is already gone. Let me tell you something. One of the major things that have taken me through is this. Once it's happened, it cannot be changed. Forget Whatever, forget whatever philosophy you have in your mind. Let me tell you, the first system that you need to actually have 
have in your mind. You know, when you, when you would fall as a young person, right? When you would fall, you would commit this sin or you commit that to you. The next thing will be guilt. But the problem is this. Let me tell you the problem. Once it's happened, it cannot be changed. Most times people will beat you up for things that have happened. Because at the end of the day, people cannot beat you up for the future they do not see. They can only beat you up for the past that they have witnessed. Most times people will comment on the past that they have witnessed. They cannot comment on the future they do not see. So now I'm going to, now I want to begin to tell you, and this is not where I want to go, but I have to start this way. So one of the things I was thinking about was the fact, I was thinking about the church. You know, if wrong things happen in your life and you're in the church, do you know what would happen? Now, it doesn't mean I do not believe this because I believe in scriptures. But what will happen is people will, first of all, play on that to say that there are many things wrong in your life. But when I begin to discover people and the journey called life, I, I don't think there is one successful person that hasn't passed through the valley of mistakes or, or failures. I don't think there's one successful person that hasn't passed through that valley. And whatever success is, I don't think there's one person that hasn't. But when you come to the church, right, if there are wrong things happening in your life, like, for example, let me give you. No, I'm not going to give that example because that example would take me past three o'clock. But, for example, there are many different things that can happen in someone's life. There are many wrong things that can happen in someone's life. And most times when people go through those um, valleys, what usually they're met with is that, oh, you've done this wrong or you've done that wrong. Oh, this, you know, you used to have little things in, in the church world, like um, your stepmom from your dad's village is, is the one behind your problems. So I realized that most times people never saw problems as a navigation tool. They saw it as a disruptive tool, things that were disrupting them against destiny. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, it, it happened all the time. People would tell you, Oh, yeah, there's one witch somewhere that is controlling your destiny. One witch, some powerful witch in Africa that lives in a village. She can't take herself out of the village, but she's controlling your destiny. She's controlling the movements and the bad things that are happening in your life. She's fighting spiritual warfare against you. And I think that those were some of the things that plagued the mind, especially of people like me, because people like me grew up in the church from young. We saw, we saw our dads fighting invisible demons. In the form of people's body shaking. Does it, do I, do I think demons exist? Yes, I do think demons exist. But I think that what has happened is that our minds were so severely damaged by the things that we saw happening in the church. So guess what those things did? Even though we thought we saw miracles, those miracles that we saw actually halted our progress. We believed more in miracles rather than mission. And that's one of the things that actually stopped our progress in life because actually miracles will always happen as long as you're on a mission. As long as Moses was on a mission, there will always be miracles. Do you understand that? As long as Moses was taking the children out of Israel, out of Egypt, the Red Sea will part. So miracles were actually a response to a mission, not a response to somebody's desire for a better life. So anyway, going on, I... I began to see that there were, these were the things that began to halt progress in our own life. Because remember, this is a continuation from belief systems. I said that the reason why some countries are poor today, why there can be so many resources around in a certain country, but they can still be poor, is because of what they believe. 
So now, instead of, instead of making a plan to erase bad governance, what will happen is people will be praying against them. But for years, you can be praying against bad governance. For years, in the land of Egypt, the children of Israel were praying and they were still slaves. But, when they, but then, when God wanted to leave the children of Israel or relieve the children of Israel from their affliction, what did he do? He sent a man. So the best gift that God gives to the world are men. So I began to, be, I began to think about Zuriel. I began to think about the things that it was able to achieve in such a short space of time. And let me tell you, at that time, I don't think I was praying that much. I think prayer started it. I think prayer started it, but the word continued it. I began to raise people according to the word that I knew at the time. And why am I saying this today? Because I'm beginning to think about the, thing, the forces that we claim stop us in life. The mistakes that we claim stop us in life actually don't come to stop you. They actually come to make sure you know how to navigate through this journey called life. Imagine at that time, um, Lloydie was um, a pain in the ass, to be honest. Um, but at that time, Lloydie was the person that would go from office to office or go from this to that. And she would then take in the, the, the numbers and what we've done for the month. And then we'll come out with 40, maybe 50, whatever thousand pounds in, a, in one month. And through that, we were able to assist so many people in terms of pay so many salaries and this, that and the other. And, and remember, this is somebody who's 26 years old, by the way. This, this is somebody that is 26 years old. And, and, and I realized, I realized at that moment, right? I realized in now, in that moment, what I needed most then was mentorship. But I didn't understand the function of mentorship then. So I, I understand now that all of those mistakes that I made in that process is only to highlight to me the role of mentorship. Because mentorship begins to see what you cannot see. Mentorship begins to, begins to help you develop in areas that you don't need, no need developing. So imagine getting to that kind of height. You can't necessarily say that I wasn't unsuccessful. I didn't think I was successful. I was just being normal Sam. Normal Sam, somehow we just, it, it was almost like we just stumbled on money. But when, when we now got to that place, what we needed at that height more was mentorship. But I needed to go to that height, first of all, to first of all know one thing, it's possible. It's possible for anyone because number, number, number one, I wasn't even that great. I'm not that smart. That's the truth. I'm not that smart. You can't look at Sam and say, oh, Sam is a smart man. I, didn't, I don't have some of the degrees that you guys have. Like Adama, Sarah Adama would put it, I don't have any degree. I don't have any qualification. But, but the truth of the matter is, I wasn't as smart as some of you are. And I wasn't as intelligent, but I managed to, I managed to train and lead people from mentorship into a, a, an organization that was able to do whatever it was able to do. But what am I trying to highlight from that? I'm trying to highlight that when you get to the peak of success, that is when you'll be able to um, um, appreciate mentorship more. It is, you know what I realized? Unsuccessful people can't appreciate mentorship because they haven't felt the weight of success. They haven't felt the responsibility of success. And they don't have a plan to, res to feel the responsibility of success. So, but when you get there, 
you will realize that the first thing you actually need in any, any path called success, the first thing you actually need is a mentor. I didn't know what to do. So someone thinks my problem is being broke. No, your problem will be having. Because you won't know what to do with what you have. Because the problem will not be the fact that you have. The problem will be the fact that you need to stay having. The minute you have, most times for people, it is actually a ticking time bomb for them to go back to what to not having. Most people for, that pass through the valley of having, most people have handled 220K. Most people have handled 50K. But those 20Ks and the 50Ks, they could not turn it into having more. Most times, it usually ha- what usually happens is they go down to having less. Why? Because they don't have the right mentorship. The world is in need of mentors. So why do I come on and I play these interviews to you? Because I want you to see the new generation of leaders that are rising. These new generation of leaders are mentors for the new world. Because people think that their problem is lack of success. Their problem isn't lack of success. Their problem is the fact that once they become successful, can they remain in that position? Whatever success means to them. So I, I began to understand that even if I want to make certain decisions in life, I cannot make those decisions successfully by myself. Because I do not know what I am doing. So the only thing that keeps me knowing what I am doing is the fact that I have a mentor. So I realized that the church for such a long time cages us in this position where our mind is so damaged and mentorship is, finding the right mentorship is crucial to doing the damage that is in your mind because, <laughs> because imagine now everything that could have happened to me, right? You know, people go through losses. It is not, let me tell you, it is, it is in a natural man's life. I believe there is a life without losses. Let me tell you, let me first of all say that. But let me tell you, in a natural man's life, losses will happen. <coughs> Sustainability. Thank you. Thank you for that word. So the one thing mentorship comes to bring is sustainability. Because most times in their life, right, what the most difficult thing to do is, is to keep doing the same thing over and over for a long time. For a length of time. So I realized that there was a lot of damage because it was almost like you, you see when you entered into debt, right? I remember we entering into debt and it's almost like it's a taboo. I was talking to Pastor Onyi a couple of days ago. He was telling me about a man, a man that he grew up with. And this man, listen to this now. This is so interesting for me. These are the things that make me question everything. Look at this. This man is a pastor. He does what he does. Um, and he's gone to the opticians or to the doctors, right? And the doctors has told him, the doctors said to him, listen, um, you need to go and, you need to go and, we need to do something to your eye because you see your eye is wearing away. But this guy has gone, right? He said he's got to go and do a crusade in Ghana, right? Or wherever that, you know, Ghanaians, they like to do their crusades and stuff. So, no, I'm just joking. But so he's going to go and do a crusade in Ghana. But at the time when he went to go and do a crusade in Ghana, right? God's work, by the way, God's work. At the time when he's going to go and do a crusade in Ghana, um, COVID happens. And he gets stuck in Ghana for six months. He gets stuck in Ghana. And then all of a sudden, right? 
all of a sudden, when he, by the time he comes back, he's already blind. So he's blind. He can't see. As we're talking right now, the man that he's talking about cannot see. But this is a man that went to go and do a crusade on behalf of God. Now, let me ask you a question. Him as a blind man, someone can say things happen. I'm saying things happen to people who lack mentorship. Because I began to realize something about this body. You know, Paul said it, but we would read it as a spiritual thing. He says, he said that the, in, the outer man is consistently perishing, meaning that there is very little that you can do to alter this body because of its framework. But he said the inward man is being renewed day by day. So there is an outer man that needs maintenance. Right, But there's an inward man that is being renewed day by day. So I began to question, how does a man end up blind? Lack of people that he can go to to make decisions, to make right decisions. Still talking to you about mentorship. How long left do I have? Still talking, I've got 10 minutes. So still talking to you about mentorship. So no matter how great this man thinks he is, no matter how much power of God he can carry, yeah, the truth of the matter is, unless he has somebody that can help him to make sound decisions, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how much you've seen in life. Unless you have somebody that can help you make sound decisions. And I'm still going to count it um, to, um, to round it up, but unless you can have somebody that makes you, helps you to make sound decisions, let me tell you what actually happens to you in life. You will, you will begin to experience things that you should never have experienced. So now the man is blind. He can't see. The eye is damaged to the point where he cannot see. I'm not talking about this is a man that was, has lived probably 50 years of his life with sight, maybe even more than 50 years. Now he's blind. What does he have? Regrets. He has regrets because now he should have realized that there, he should have listened to what his doctor was saying. But in the church world, let me teach you, teach you something. In the church world, what we would use is to, we would now say, by his stripes, I am healed. Now, do I believe that scripture? A hundred and ten percent. I believe that scripture. By his stripes, we are healed. I believe that scripture, but I think there was a damage done to our mind that did not, in, that did not allow that scripture to be taken in properly. We took it in as a substitution for, for human knowledge. Because remember that the knowledge that was given to us in the first place was given to us by God. So anything that exists in this world, he said, listen to the scripture world. Nothing that was made was made without him. So the knowledge that men are using to create today was created by the word of God. But we substituted that knowledge and we then brought in another knowledge. It's called supernatural. Supernatural cannot exist without the natural first. So when you begin to diagnose, when doctors begin to diagnose the person, when, when people who have been medically trained through scientific research, right, begin to diagnose a person, remember that that information that they carry is still from God. So I say this, this why am I saying this? Because most times our minds were damaged. We were praying for people to be healed of headache. And I don't think that there's a problem with praying for people to be healed from headache, but I also think there are treatments for headache now. The world has advanced. So God starts where advancement stops. And, and I know this is very 
deep to preach because it's almost like you're preaching against God. No, I'm actually preaching against what God can... I'm preaching for. <laughs> Paracetamol will do the job. I'm actually preaching for what God is doing in this generation. So the advancement has stopped now in a financial revolution. So God will want to prove, not even prove, but God would show his might more through a generation, through the revolution of what cannot be done. God exists in the impossible. So medical, t- medical um, science or biomedical science has advanced to a stage where it can relieve the pain of headache. But it has not advanced to a place where it can cause economic revolution for low socioeconomic societies. Like Dorothy was saying on an interview yesterday. So what does God do? He says, I want to start here. But in order to start here, and I think that's the signs that we began to see with things like Zuria and other things before now. So if we start to build those things again, it is to build those things with, this, with, the, with the knowledge that actually now to remain successful, um, you're going to have to, you're going to need mentorship. But I'm first of all talking about the damage that, of, that the church world has done to many minds. So we sat there thinking God is going to come through. God is going to come through. God is going to come through. But not knowing that he's already put the information on this earth for you to do what he has called you to do. So when the prophet was talking, he didn't say my people perish for lack of prayer. He didn't say my people perish for lack of fasting. He did not say that my people perish for lack of word. What he said was that my people perish because of lack of knowledge. They don't know where to apply certain things. And that was what kept pe- these people perishing. It wasn't, and we read that scripture sometimes. We say we don't know certain things. No, do you know what I realized? That this, what I realized the issue of, of, the, of, of man is they don't know where to apply certain things. They don't know when to be casual and they don't know when to be intense about certain things. That is the issue with man. So when I read now, because I'm reading some of these guys, I'm reading, I read about Ray Dalio and, and his successes and his failures. And I, and I realized that the reason why this guy can be successful is because there was no church in his life. There was no religion there. <laughs> So, you know, I was almost tempted, if I had more time, I was almost tempted to call this periscope the option called God. So, I discovered that for time, people perverted the role of God in man's life. Not knowing that there is something, God steps back because he's already set assignment. It is through assignment that you actually experience God. But Joshua was not going to experience God until he found Moses. That's for, that's for another day, maybe Thursday morning. Because I don't want to leave this incomplete, but I have to actually explain so many things. So I realized that what I've done for the last few years is to declutter my mind because I couldn't make a successful, formidable company without understanding assignment and call first. Even though I was doing what I was doing in Zuria and it was did it, I still didn't understand call fully. My mind was still perverted by religion. I didn't even know why I need, I, I was given the money, yes, but I didn't know what money was for. I didn't know the instrument of how to use finances. But I'm coming back to explain all of those things in another, in another series. So what did, I, what did I come on to tell you today? If you're going to remain a success, 
Do you know what you need? Mentorship. Mentorship, I started with it by saying to you that protégés are people who believe in someone else, that someone is able to refine their belief systems. If there's anything you take away from this scope, that's what it should be. Why am I mentored? I'm mentored because people see further than I can see. I love this saying, um, the quote, I can't remember where this quote is from now. If you want to see further, stand on the shoulder of giants. If you want to see further, stand on the shoulder of giants. Mentorship. So the reason why I'll be able to see and I'll be able to maintain and be and be a sustainable person is because of mentorship. It's because I have leadership. So a generation is lacking leadership. So whatever somebody, how do I know that somebody will not be able, the people that we're calling influencers today, how do I know in 10 years time there will be irrelevant people in life? How do I know? Let me tell you something. Because they lack leadership. You know, as much as we can... As much as we can talk about, let's say, um, who can I put in? Uh, let me just, talk, let me not even talk about a person. Let me talk about scenes. The grime scene. Some of you will remember the grime scene. Some of you won't. When the grime scene was at its highest, right? When the grime scene was at its highest, I think I would have been about 17 years old. Some of you would have been about 12. There were many young people that existed inside of that scene, just the same way there are many young people that are made famous by the drill scene. But those young people, there are still people that we can name today. Wiley is one of the godfathers of the grime scene. Chipmunk is one of the, the leaders of the grime scene, right? Um... Who else again? Stormzy, not a leader of the grime scene. He came in later, but he's still part of the grime scene. JME, Skepta. These guys are all a part of the grime scene. Right? Very few people. Look, okay, thank you. Gets, Ghetto, yeah? Ghetto is somebody we talk about like a legend today. Kano, these are legends. But let me tell you something. These people are no more than 30 years old. I mean, like, they're in their 30s. Legend. They're legends, but they're only in their 30s. This should actually be the time, Dizzy Rascal, this should actually be the time when they actually become the best of what they've ever been. Boy, better know, right? They should become the best of what they've ever been. The only person that is still evolving is Skepta. And now the, rev- the reason why we're, we're, re- we're, rev- we're, actually, um, we're actually seeing because of family. But let me tell you, JME is not evolving like Skepta though. Let's be real with ourselves. JME is a forgotten man. But 30s should be the time when you actually move in your, into yourself. Because most times, what happens is, Forbes actually... Let me use the Forbes model. Forbes now created lists. Forbes 30 under 30. Right? They also created Forbes 40. Right? So, so there, should be a, there should be a push more. 20 should be when you discover. But the 30s should be when you now excel in what you're doing. 
But when without leadership, what usually happens is 20s is prime. People love you in your 20s. 30s to the rest of the to the end of your life, you're just fading away. Imagine. Should we go to the hip hop scene? Ja Rule. Where is Ja Rule, please? Ashanti. Ashanti still makes music, you know. <laughs> Ashanti still makes music. She was budding when she was like 22. She was budding when, like, when she was 22, faded away. Ja Rule faded away. The, the few people, <laughs> Ja Rule is shouting somewhere. The few people that fit, the amount of name that faded, people that are trying to still cling on, people like Fat Joe, trying to cling on. Um, she became a model for Pretty Little Thing. People that were, because, listen, they lacked leadership, right? Now you see people excelling. So you got to give people, like, look, a 10-year, 15-year span. Let's see if you're going to survive. Yeah, he did try to come up with a fire festival. I remember that. Looking for his way back. Longevity was not DJ Khalid re replaced Fat Joe. <laughs> so, oh, come on. Soldier Boy is the perfect example. That what? What a crash. Thank you. That's where I'm going. But Beyonce, Jay-Z, P. Diddy, they remained on top. Do you know I was watching something, right, the other day? In their stories you're going to see a godfather somewhere. Exactly. Do you know one of Diddy's mentors is called Ray Dalio? Bow Wow. Let's not even get into Bow Wow. In, in, when, you, when you used to be playing around with all the girls when you were 16, right? You go to her room, right? When, when her mom's out, you go to her room. Bow Wow's on the wall. But she's, but she's your boy, you're, you're her boyfriend. Though, but Bow Wow's on the wall, you know? 30 Wack came and left. Bro, have you seen that mental? Exactly. Bethany had his poster. So imagine that. So, wanna, <laughs> so what I'm trying to say with this is leadership is what actually makes people sustainable. Oh, don't even get me. So imagine going into the world of magazines now. Oh, some of you, if we pull up some old magazines now, your, girl, your girlfriend's crush was Bawa. Um, what was that group that had a Marion in it as well? Uh, can't remember that group, man. Postalicia would know. Those were B2K. Aha, uh -huh, B2K. Your girlfriend's true boyfriends when you were younger. If that, if a concert happened in in London, Justin Bieber, <laughs> imagine. If a concert happened in UK and B2K was coming, you know, Marion gave every young boy insecurities, right? You know that. Faded. <laughs> I thought I was gonna marry little Fizz. <laughs> JLS are all uncles now, baby. It's killing me today. <laughs> Justin Bieber. 
even paste it because of this guy. Amari made me grow hair. Amari <laughs> uh, and little face was everyone's bait. I'm telling you. Let me tell you. These guys got older to just fade away. Leadership keeps you sustainable. I don't do this to crash them. I just do this to make an example of leadership. P. Diddy will contest consistently. It's only recently that you'll see that online some people would cry for Trey Songs. Oh, that man. That man, they call Trey Songs. But seriously, now let me fake move away from so many so many things. Let me tell you something. You look at P. Diddy's life, right? Then you would, all of a sudden you'll see him sitting down with mentors. People that he will go and get leadership from. People that he will question his own decisions with. Mentors. Why am I continuing this series like so plain? Maybe not opening Bible as much. I need you guys to develop belief systems now. When everything else fails, you believe in mentorship. I'm telling you, because that will be the strength. When, when you go from thousands back to zeros, what do you still have around you? You have mentorship. Because mentorship will help you to recover. <laughs> you know, David, one time there was a time when David came back to his camp and all had been burnt. Yeah, all had been burnt. Ziglag had come and invaded his territory, right? And then the question he asked was, God, shall I pursue? It was a question. It wasn't a decision made. It was a question, first of all. Shall I pursue? Then the prophet replied him and said, go, pursue, and you shall recover all. But before he can pursue, he must ask. Because it was going to be leadership that would make sure that David was a sustainable man that others can invest their life in. So I realized that failures are not the problem. Failures are not the problem. Um, losses are not the problem. The problem are the systems that you have around you that helps you to recover the things that you may have lost. The church made us think that if we lose a lot, that we're cursed. And, and maybe we are. I do believe in blessings and I believe in curses. But before we get to curses, let's just see whether the systems in our lives actually match up to the systems that can make people prosper. I'm still inside of the word, but I'm preaching it plainly to you. So when you sit down with people, first of all, sit down with this, sit down and first of all, diagnose their systems because things like mistakes and failures are not by accident. How did you come about this decision? Who made this decision with you? If not, he could have reacted based on feelings. Exactly. He could have reacted based on feelings. And, and he can, and that, oh, thank you, Pastor Michael. People, most times, they live their life based on feelings. So what happens to people is that they live an emotion-based life. They get rid of that relationship in their life because of how they feel about the person. They get rid of um, this person because they did them wrong. They shout and fight this person. You know, in, do you have a list of people you can never fight? no matter what wrong they do to you. Do you have that list in your life? <laughs> that must be imperative. 
I've got a list of people I can never fight. Look, some people are fighting people over no money. I'm telling you, like, there's been situations where thousands of pounds have gone missing and it's almost like, well, it's, it, it, they mentioned the name of the person that they feel done it and I said, well, it's gone missing, it's gone missing. <laughs> there's nothing I can do for you. I'm sorry. Because there is a code that we live by. I'm sorry. There's a code. And I know that sounds tough, right? It means like, oh, is there no just... Is there any justice in the world? Do you remember Lamar? Lamar. <laughs> Lamar. The, the black talent that we thought was going to be a phenomenon faded away. Labels dashed him out of the window. But I'm, I'm only trying to, some people are just too valuable. Because you've placed value, again, maybe we'll do that maybe on Thursday, after Wisdom Wednesday on Thursday. But you've placed value on certain people's lives. But that's for another day. But people live emotion. let's deal with emotion-based living. People live emotion-based lives. They're angry with this person because of what they did. They're angry with that person because of what they did. But they, but they don't understand that. Maybe you should live your life based on a system. Maybe you should live your life saying, how did this person even get in in the first place? What is the role of this person in my life? Why do I keep them around? I think I have to end it there today. I'll end it there today. So what is my major conclusion? My major conclusion is that leadership keeps you sustainable. Leadership keeps the things you're doing sustainable. I was thinking about one of the young ladies, and I know she's doing business. And she's not a young lady, really. She's, she's doing business. But I said to myself, thinking about her family, listen to this, thinking about her family, and this is what mentorship does, thinking about her family, I would ask her to go and get a secure job. Do you know why? I need you to be in a job for three years. I've, I've, I haven't even messaged this to her yet, but I'm going to say it online first. I need you to be in a job for three years because most times, you, you see the issue of your family, they have good ideas, but they become nothing. So you need to go and sit in a job for three years just to make sure that we know that you have a, an ability to sustain something. Success is not running from you. There are systems that you set in your life that will make it inevitable that you will be successful. And I hope you know I don't mean success of all you will have a lot of money. Meaning whatever God has called you to do, you will do. That's what I'm trying to say. But it, it first of all starts with setting the right systems because the right systems will be the things that will make it sustainable in your life. It will make it sustainable in your life. So I hope you've taken something away from that today. Leadership creates sustainable. Your, makes your ventures sustainable. Makes your projects sustainable. That's what leadership does. You know, sometimes, have you ever felt like leadership was against you? I don't know if anybody ever felt like that before. You felt like that, right? And Benito quickly raised their hand. Yeah, leadership is against you, though, Benito. I could give you that. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> leadership is against you. Definitely everybody in the world is wrong and you are right. But the... You feel like leadership is against you. Yeah, everybody coming in. Yes, yeah, so, yes, yeah, so, yes, yeah, so. Sometimes. 
they just like you're trying to do something and 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 it's like they just don't get what you're saying. Have you ever thought that they see further than you see? They see further. Remember this. <laughs> people are smiling. Some people can't confess because they know that the leader will come and review this. Um, yeah. <laughs> they will come and review this periscope. Just feel like your leadership is against you. Everything you want to do, did, 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 did that relationship you wanted to enter, they said no. <sighs> then you start to move away from leadership. Shut up, lady. Why are you even on this scope? I was there. I thought about it, but I asked myself, well, who are you? The thing is, asking for advice, leave, leave, leave room by getting blasted. <laughs> now I'm playing. But you know one of the things, 90% they see ahead and then we clock later, they were always right. <laughs> you always think that leadership is against you. And, and let me tell you, most times it would look like that. But I think you should trust the process of leadership. I think you should, you should actually, they see Paris... Eiffel Tower, you will see the tower in Crystal Palace. <laughs> if you know the tower in Crystal Palace, you will know that it's not much of a tower at all. Um, but let me tell you why I even asked that question. Because remember something about life. Success is not running away from you. Success is actually trying to run to you. Just because, imagine I turn to someone, they tell me they want to start one business, and I say, no, go and work for three years. It would look like, what? It would look like, oh, um, why? Why should I go and work for three years? And in my mind, I'm just looking and seeing, okay, let me see if you can sustain one position for a certain amount of time. Let me see if you can go and thrive in an environment. Then I know you're ready to work and do business. I haven't seen you thrive in an environment for a certain amount of time. And until I see that, I'm not going to allow you to start this business. And it looks like, oh, da, 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 da. but remember something. A leader doesn't gain anything by actually almost seeming like he's blocking your path or she's blocking your path. Remember, it's more painful because what will happen is you'll be angry with your leader. Have you seen when people are angry with their leader? Oh, my God. They think, oh, I'm going to punish them. I'm not going to come on their periscope. Think it, bruv. You're not going to be on the periscope. There's going to be like other people that I don't even care if I was talking to one person. Do you even think I want to come on periscope? <laughs> I'm not going to come on their periscope. So I'm just thinking in my head. <laughs> but again, or I'm not, I don't know how it do because maybe then the leader is not me. Maybe it's another leader. It's like, I'm, I'm just going to blank them or I'm not going to message them. Remember something. It is painful to lead because leadership means sacrifice. It is painful to lead. WhatsApp story wars, exactly. In directing your leader on WhatsApp story. <laughs> I beg you. Leave story, Jerry. 
Because remember, every decision has... You know the issue with this leadership is that your decision has to be right. Your decision has to be right. So I think trust the process of mentorship. But trusting the process of mentorship is making sure first that you have the right mentor. Trust the process of mentorship. Mentors must have results. That's for sure. They must have results in their chosen field. So if it's leading people, they must have results. They must have. If it's business, they must have results. If it's whatever. Because you cannot take someone where you have not gone. You cannot. Can I leave you with that today? Awesome, awesome time. I feel like we're discussing a lot more these days, and it's awesome. So I'll be back on Thursday, Thursday afternoon or morning. Um, we'll see. I think it's time I start making flyers, isn't it, right? So that we know what time I'm coming on. Yeah. Christabel, it's a pleasure to have you on. It's a pleasure. Um, I try to make it as simple and um, as practical as um, um, as possible. As simple and practical as possible. I think on Thursday, you know we turn up the heat, we're going to preach word. But it's to make it as simple and as practical as possible. Awesome.